This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to ninjatackleva.com and take a look at all the gear that they have in the shop. Rods? Check. Rigs? Check. Bait? Check. Reels? Check. What about firearms and any kind of other accessories? Oh, they got that too. That's right, Ninja Tactical. Got you all set up for all your needs and set up out there for the fun world of fishing and shooting. Thanks so much, Ninja Tackle, for being a part of the show. That again, go to ninjatackleva.com and get your order set up and ready to go. This week on Finding Demo Surf Fishing, we are going international yet again. That's right, we're going north this time though. We are heading up to Nova Scotia. Now, this episode I have been wanting to do for a little while, uh, and it has been very much so on my mind, especially in the world of stripers. If any of you have heard a couple of other episodes, we've talked about stripers and the monster that they are. Well, we're going to talk about a little bit more than that. So this week, we're talking with Sean Townsend of Stripers of the Strait. And you're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. go new week hope you're doing well wherever you are when you're listening to this show like always i hope you're on the beach catching fish enjoying a little bit of quiet time or you're on your way either way this week like i said we're talking with sean townsend the stripers of the straight and sean i found him through social media uh i don't remember how exactly i remember looking up uh something about stripers and sean popped up and i was like huh well this should be interesting and then i reached out to him and thankfully he was willing to come on the show and we were we were pretty good for a little while there and then all of a sudden this hurricane decided to come and screw everything up and sure enough it just had to go right in his backyard and hit him so we had to delay a little while thankfully he's doing well and recovering and the things are just getting better and better every day and we can finally bring you this episode so i hope you got your notepads ready because we're going to talk about a lot of great things and this is going to apply amongst all areas of fishing so without further ado sean welcome to the show yeah thanks brian thanks for having me Bye. i'm just glad i finally got you man yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're doing okay i'm glad you guys have recovered pretty well i mean you, uh, when we were talking offline you said you guys got hit pretty well yeah i uh, came through as a pretty bad post-tropical storm what they called it but uh we, we got through it and uh, we're doing okay that's the most important thing so. absolutely i'm really glad to hear that and uh we, we were also talking pre-show uh for those of you who don't know i've got family in maine and i kind of started learning how to fish up there and sean was telling me they were a crew from maine came up there to help you uh, get the power poles back up is that right yeah they uh their crew came in and did a great job. They put all our power poles back up that we lost. And after eight days with no power, it was a welcome sight to see. And a good group of guys, man. I really I can't tell you how much I appreciated the work they did in here for us. Well, there you go, Maine boys. Good job getting it done, helping them out up there. So I, I got it's stupid in a way to say this. I mean, being down here, I've only had to deal with Sally um, since well since I've lived here so far, but it's always 
kind of cool to see how everybody bands together to help out the communities when they get hit with something like that. All the power company guys, they all rock, work together, guys and gals. Sorry, didn't mean to say it like that. Those teams get together, get them, just get everybody back with power, try to get help them get the roads. It's it's always a good sight to see. Yeah, we had a lot of different crews from, you know, other provinces here in Canada and uh, crews from all throughout the eastern seaboard of the U.S., uh, you know, came up here and do what they had to do to, you know, get us get us back on uh, the power grid. And uh, it was it was awesome. Like, like I get like I said, I can't thank those guys enough for for the work they did here. Your website, let's get all your social media out there. So on Facebook is uh, your primary. It is Stripers of the Strait. Uh, and then your website is stripersofthestrait.com. Uh, is there any other social yes. media platforms I missed? Uh, I'm on Facebook, so you can you can find me there as well <laughs> under Stripers of the Strait. Perfect. All right. Well, now that we got the fun stuff out of taking care of all the admin, let's get into the reason that we're here. and Let's talk fishing, man. So okay, let's dial it back. Tell us your story and what got you into fishing. Well, I guess for me, fishing has been a lifelong passion. Um, you know, I grew up in the province of Newfoundland. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, with Newfoundland, it's on the eastern uh, most point in Canada here, and it's a uh, you know a big fishing area. My family were avid outdoorsmen, avid fishermen, and I started fishing when, uh, you know, I was probably just old enough to hold a fishing rod. And, uh, you know, that got me going. Uh, my family moved here when I was 10 years old in Nova Scotia. Again, we're on the east, eastern seaboard of Canada. We're completely surrounded by ocean, but we do have beautiful lakes and rivers here. And, um, you know, I've, I've kept at it all the years. Uh, I was 30 years as a first responder. The fishing kept me grounded. It was my release. For those of you that had done the job, military, police, paramedic, fire, what have you, you know, you got to have that release. And that was my release. Uh, I spent, like I said, I spent 30 years as a first responder. And then, uh, you know, I, after 30 years, I finally uh, decided to retire and, you know, just kept following my passion. Of course, it gave me more time to fish as I was retired. And so I figured, why not? I, you know, I got licensed as a guide and uh, started my guiding business. And, uh, you know, I absolutely love it. I, I do it because I love it. You know, I love getting out there, meeting the people I, you know, that I have as as uh, as guests, clients, or sports, as we call them. And uh, you know, I uh, this is my third year at it now, and I, uh, you know, had my best year this year. I just, I just absolutely love it. That's excellent, man. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, an easy way to get to those areas where, especially where Sean is, if you go into Maine right around central and northern there are ferries that will take you up there you can bring the car up and you can do all sorts of travel and it is beautiful country up there uh it's it is on our list of things to do in our rv in the next few years we didn't get to this last because uh, that you know bug thing came out and got us uh but it's uh real nice so if you ever want to travel up there you can do it by plane but the ferry is a real easy fun way to go because you really get the sights in so hook that up moving into that sorry as i digress what type of fishing because like you said you got lakes rivers streams brooks ponds but you got the ocean you got it all what kind of fishing do you like to do uh well obviously for me uh the big thing is for stripe 
bass. Um, you know, it. Um, I started guarding predominantly for striped bass, uh, surf surf casting, surf fishing for stripers here in Nova Scotia. Um, you know, uh, we do have the Gulf Stream comes up through our province here. Um, on the side of the province I live on, the Northumberland Strait. Uh, they say we've got the uh, some of the warmest waters north of the Carolinas. Um, you know, a lot, of, not a lot of people realize that. They think that we're, uh, you know, cold and ice bound most of the year, which probably five or six months a year we are. But, you know, once the spring hits and the summer and fall here, uh, you know, the, the fishing takes off and, uh, and it's awesome. So, you know, for guiding for me, it's predominantly for striped bass. And, um, you know, even when I'm not guiding, I love to target striped bass myself. And uh, whether I'm, you know, bait casting, spin casting, or fly fishing, I, you know, the last year or so, I've really gotten into more fly, fly fishing for striped bass. And, um, and like you said, we do have, you know, we've got our rivers and lakes here and Nova Scotia is, you know, we have some beautiful uh, rivers for trout. You know, we have speckled trout, rainbow trout, brown trout. Uh, right now in fall here on the Northumberland Strait is the area that I'm in. Uh, we're getting a fall run of Atlantic salmon. That is really, uh, you know, it's been my passion for the last 20 to 25 years is uh, fly fishing for Atlantic salmon. And uh, if, you, if, you've, if you've never caught an Atlantic salmon on a fly rod, the first time you do it, you'll never stop. Oh man, I can only imagine that fight has got to be, that's got to be fierce on a fly rod. Yeah, they are, uh, I've, you know, I've done a lot of fishing over the years and a lot of caught a lot of different fish, but I'll tell you, man, nothing fights like an Atlantic salmon. It's a, uh, it's a forearm burning fight on a, on a single handed fly rod. All right, I'm going to digress. We're going to jump into that and then we're going to jump back into the questions. Sorry. Let's talk more okay. about that. <laughs> okay. Um, with fly fishing, so you're doing that for Atlantic salmon. You're doing that from the beach. You're you're doing a walk and walk and go, or are you doing it off the river? Uh, we're doing I'm doing that off the river. So it's yeah, basically for me, it's what you know we'll call walk and wade. Yeah. So um, you know we have several rivers here on the uh, north side of the province. Uh, actually, all the rivers on the north side of Nova Scotia and what's called the Northumberland Strait. So it's a body of water that sits between the provinces of Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and New Brunswick. So in the fall, we get a fall run of Atlantic salmon here. So the season starts September 15th and runs through to October 31st. Um, it's, it's fairly rain dependent and we need, we need the water levels for the fish to move into the rivers. Weeks ago, we did have heavy rain. And as we're speaking now, I'm hearing heavy showers on my roof, which is, music to my ears <laughs> because <laughs> as I know in a, you know, tomorrow and the next day it's uh, the fishing's going to pick up again. So it's uh, yeah. So we've, like I said, all our rivers here get a, get a fall around of Atlantic salmon. We have, you know, we do have all the way down to an area called Cape Breton. Uh, the Marguerite river is a world renowned uh, salmon fishing river and uh, probably one of the most popular rivers here in Nova Scotia, but, uh, you know, it's within two and a half hours from where I live. So if the fishing's good there, I'll, uh, pack up and drive there. 
Yeah, so. I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till this episode or uh, when this episode airs because I'm already I already know who I'm going to call. Uh, a buddy of mine is uh, name's Larry Grossman. He lives down here in the Panhandle, uh, Florida, and he is doing a lot of. He's actually starting up his uh, fly fishing charters here in the uh, yeah. on the beach. Yeah. Well, I just this year I was uh, this was my first year actually offering uh, fly fishing for striped bass actually so. I picked up some gear, um, you know, saltwater rod and reel combos uh, this year for clients that wanted to uh, target them on the fly. And uh, I actually did have some clients this year that I was able to get them out fly fishing for them. And uh, it just adds another dimension other than bait fishing or spin casting. It's a, it's a lot of fun on a fly rod. Yeah, I, I can only yeah. imagine. That's, there's yeah, nothing... you hook in with... You hook into a 30-inch striper on a fly rod, you're into a good fight. <laughs> fight is a really yeah. good word. Yeah. All right. I, I, we'll get back into those ones here later on. We keep on doing that. Uh, what is your favorite thing about fishing? Oh, boy. <laughs> what isn't my favorite thing about fishing? <laughs> right, <yeah>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of things I love about it. To pinpoint one favorite thing, I thought, you know what, one of the things I really like about fishing is the people I meet, you know, whether it's the sports I have here that I guide or the people I meet when I'm out fishing striped bass or about trout fishing or salmon fishing on the river. You know, if, if, if you, if you fish, you always have that in common with someone else who fishes and you never run into somewhere where we didn't automatically spark up a conversation about fishing. Like what fisherman doesn't like to talk about fishing. So exactly. It's, I think that's one of the things I like you, you always, you always have an uh, automatic bond with someone else who, who fishes and it's not hard to, you know, a complete stranger to sit down and, you know, sometimes and just chat away, you know, the time flies and you're talking about fishing. So, Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> all I can think about is all the conversations that I've had in the last couple of weeks, hanging out with people at the last couple of tournaments I've been at. And it's, yeah, it's not like shop talk. You know, you work with somebody, you're not talking work, no. you're, you're just talking fishing and it's fun. Yeah. And I mean, there's times where, you know, you go, you go fishing and uh, you'll, you'll run into somebody, like I said, you don't even know. And an hour later, you've, you've spent not fishing, but talking about fishing. So and uh, it, that's that's one of the, the the things that I really sort of enjoy about it is, like I said, getting out there and meeting all the different people. And with my fish guiding business, uh, the sports I've had, super people, uh, whether they're first time beginners or experienced uh, fishers, I've met some really fantastic people. So that's that's one of the favorite things I think for me. Nice, very good. Well, I think you already nailed this one, but I'll ask anyway. What is your favorite fish to target? Well, <laughs> yeah, it has to be the Atlantic salmon. So, oh, even though, even, I actually, I actually thought you were going to say the striper. You, you got me well, there. I have to admit it. I have to admit, even though the the striper puts a little bit of cash in my pocket, uh, it, it it has to be the Atlantic salmon. I won't. I you know I can't uh, deny that. But striped bass is, uh, it's right up there. And it's, uh, I, I really enjoy the different ways I can fish for striped bass. And 
in the, on our beaches here and in the summer and the warm weather it's it's beautiful i, I mean i absolutely love it but uh, but for me it's uh, like i said I, I gotta say my favorite has got to still i gotta go back to the atlantic salmon okay so i'm gonna ask is why is it the salmon what what is it about the atlantic salmon that makes it your favorite uh i guess some of it is the challenge uh the stock numbers are not you know where they were years and years ago you know there would be days i go spend days on the river i don't catch a fish and then when you do hook into a big fish or a fish it's you know it's pretty special it's it's challenging it's just the excitement you know to go days and days without catching a fish and then you're like you know why am i doing this and all of a sudden you hook a fish and you're like that's completely forgotten yep <laughs> and you're right back at it I don't know. It's like I said, it, it is challenging and it's, it's not, they're not an easy fish. And the, the regulations we have here, I mean, we're fishing with barbless hooks. So you've got to, you know, you got to know to keep that pressure on. Uh, you lose, you know, you, you probably lose more fish than you catch when you do hook them. But like I said, the, the, just the challenge of it and also being out this time of the year, like with our seasons, like you mentioned before we talked, before we came on air, the, uh, you know, the, the seasons we could change here. It's a beautiful here now in our fall and the temperatures are cooling and, uh, you know, you don't have the bugs that we do have in the summer and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just a beautiful time to be outside fishing. Yeah. The fall in the Northeast is always a great, it's always a great sight to see if yeah, if you've never experienced it, it is something to come see it. It's uh, and October is, I I always think October is one of our best months here. Oh, it's yeah. one of my favorite months because it's not, it's not too too warm. Uh, we do have nice warm days. Uh, what what I say is warm, um, you know. So we're talking, you know, anywhere, you know, we've had some days this this week. Now we're talking centigrade, which is twenty degrees. So we're talking in the seventies Fahrenheit, I guess. So, which is for me is comfortable. <laughs> yep. Yeah. October. Uh, whenever I talk to my family to visit up there, October is the safe month. Uh, come November, come come Halloween, I'm out of there. I, I am going south. November first, I I need to be out of New England. So yeah, yeah. Uh, October is perfect yeah. with the weather change. It can change fairly quickly. It yeah. depends from year to year. We've had, you know, we've had, I have last year, we had a fantastic November. The first two weeks of November, I fished striped bass in another region of the province and uh, t-shirt weather. You just never know. You know, this yep. year it could be three feet of snow. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I hope not for you. <laughs> I, no, hope that, I hope, I hope that pushes for you. Well, much later in yeah. November. We're, yeah, we're, we're due after what we just went through. I think we need some uh, decent weather to keep going for a while. <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Well, while we're talking about favorites in this, what is a bucket list fish that you want to catch someday? I would have to say that that would be a tarpon on the fly. I've, Ooh, on the fly too. On the fly, yeah. So I've seen lots of videos, and uh, I've seen I'm a, I'm a I'm a diver, an avid diver, and I've seen lots of tarpon when diving. And but just to target a tarpon on the fly would be, uh, yeah. I think that's that's right up there on my bucket list. 
That's a, I mean, you obviously get a challenge as it is when you got the when you said Atlantic salmon. I was like, oh, I know about that. But yeah. tarpon, I, I've heard of it down here. We've got great anglers all the time that tell me about tarpon. They're like, yeah, you hook up and you just hope for the best. And more often than not, you get ripped yeah. off. But the, the idea of that on a fly rod where you don't have a lot of butt to grab and hold, you are just all no. right there in that forearm. Yeah. That would be uh, that would be quite challenging. So, and I've, like I said, I've seen the videos, I've seen the shows. The guys out there targeting them on the fly rod, and uh, man, when they hook up, look out! <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh, well, you come down to Florida. Uh, I, I believe you told me you come down here every now and again. Uh, every yep. couple, and that this, you've got the perfect places for it. You know where to go. Well, I haven't been to Florida in a long time, but uh, the next time I do go, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'm bringing my gear. Now, I may not have the gear <laughs> to uh, to tackle a tarpon, but uh, I'm sure I could find it somewhere there. Oh, that that won't be a problem. I mean, if anything, yeah. I'm sure that I can, we'll work together. I will find the network for you somehow, okay. some way. We, we Between the two of us, we will find a way to get you hooked up. I don't know how, but we will sure. figure it out. Okay. okay deal. Well, now we're talking about bucket lists. Let's talk about uh, kind of along the same lines. Where would be a dream place for you to go try and fish someday? You know, there's a lot of places I see that I often thought I would love to go and, and experience. You know, lately, one of the places has been coming up and I've seen a lot on is Iceland. And they're, they're promoting their, you know, there's a salmon fisher in there. They're promoting right now. They're promoting their trout fishing, the brown trout. Big, big trout there. And uh, just, uh, I've always wanted to go there and see it. You know, we're here in Nova Scotia. We're actually not that far from Iceland. I mean, really by, by plane. Yeah. Uh, there, there used to be direct flights uh, actually out of Nova Scotia, out of Halifax to Reykjavik. And, um, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's one of the places lately I've been sort of Keeping an eye on. <laughs> All right. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. you said, quick, quick, easy run on a plane. Yeah. What has been one of your favorite fishing memories? Again, you know, this has been a lifetime thing for me and I have so many good memories. You know, I think back when I was a kid for the trout I caught, you know, and I, I can still remember as a young boy fishing a little stream and, you know, catching a trout i can i can remember the first striped bass i caught <laughs> when i first started going after striped bass not not really knowing what i was doing and uh read a few things watched a few videos i said oh that's kind of cool i went out and sure enough caught myself some striped bass <laughs> thinking back to the first time i uh, hooked into an atlantic salmon i can clearly remember that there's been, there's been, there's not like one favorite, yeah. but there's, you know, I've, I've got a whole list of favorites that I can, you know, I can remember. I love that you went down when you're talking about that though, about your first on like brook trout or trout and every one of the firsts you remember, you always remember your firsts, but oh, yeah. all of that, you went down so many of the species with all those memories. I'm, I'm not surprised you can't pick one. I, hell, I wouldn't be able to. The way you describe it, you can kind of, you, you can really tell that this has been a lifelong thing for you and it's brought you nothing but pure joy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now at, the, at my age now and 
you know, I'm into my retirement basically. And, you know, it, like I said, it was what kept me grounded all those years when, you know, I was working as a first responder when things weren't, you know, going good or things got tough. And it was, like I said, it was my release to get out. And, and now I, I, I still have the same passion now as I, I've always had. And I, you know what it's like when you fish, no matter where you go, what type of fish you're targeting. When you when when you get that tug on that line, your your heart rate goes up a little bit. You, you still get that same feeling. Doesn't matter what age you are, what fish you're targeting. You you know what I mean when I say that. So when oh, you yeah. when you yeah, I think everyone listening to this after you said that just smiled and thought like, yeah, that's the tug. Yeah. You know, like we always say, the tug is the drug. It just, it gets oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And it, it, like I said, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't even, it doesn't matter what type of fish, even the size of the fish. You get that, when you get that tug on the line, it's like, you know, like I said, that, that heart rate goes up just a little bit and you're in that moment. <laughs> yep. Well, this is the perfect transition time, so... Baycheck. This first Baycheck has been brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. Head on over to dscustomtackle.com. Take a look at all the things they have in the shop running available. I recently just got those glow-in-the-dark floats that are sand flea colored on one side and glow-in-the-dark on the other. They are glorious. Great glow. They're going to hold up really well. I'm looking forward to get them out there. They've also got the sinker sliders, hoochie squids, which is a new thing that I've been taking a look at, and it's kind of got my attention on something because I am playing a little bit more in the lure game. But if you need any other terminal tackle or any other gear of that nature, DS Custom Tackle has you covered. Head on over to dscustomtackle.com, get your order in today, and get set up to go fishing. Now, let's see here. So we've talked about those, and you're going all that. We've talked about the fun stuff. Now we're into one of my favorite parts of the episode, which is known as stealing your knowledge. So we're going to get okay. into the fun piece here. All right. So okay. you you have all these. Uh, you've got your areas. You've been doing this a while. How do you plan your fishing trips? Well, when I'm... For my guiding business, usually when I first make contact with my sport, I'll uh, I usually like to talk to them by phone. But usually I'll I'll be contacted via email or uh, by messenger, and I usually like to have the conversation by phone. And I first thing I always do is I try to get a little background on their you know you know what their experience level is, what they're looking for that day. Again, the, the experience level is a big thing because I, I would say probably 80% of the people I take out have never really uh, fished striped bass before. Um, it's something they've seen. Uh, it's it's probably the most popular fishery here in Nova Scotia now. It's really taken off over the last several years. So a lot of people are seeing it. They're seeing things on social media. They're seeing things in the media. Um, and they, they just want to get out and give it a try. So, you know, I, I need to talk to them and find out basically their experience level. And then I can, I can go from there because I've, I've had everything from, you know, I've had people or, you know, they, they'll bring kids. I, I try to limit the, the kids to about age 12, but I do, I have had kids out age seven and eight. And some of the gear I use is fairly big for a seven and eight year old. So then if I know uh, we're taking kids out that age, I'll have to, you know, I, I've got to go to smaller gear and uh, set up smaller gear for them. 
once I get their background and get information on them, then I'll, I'll usually, um, if they're here and I, I work in conjunction with P Picto Lodge Beach Resort, so I do guide a lot of their guests, you know, just trying to figure out the times and days for them. The striped bass fishing here is very tide dependent. So uh, that's another thing. It's if you can time the tides with either sunrise or sunset, that's your optimal time to get out for striped bass. I'm not sure, you know, what it's like down the Eastern seaboard of the States or, but here uh, that seems to work best. I'll offer a, a, a sunrise fishing, but you know, in the summer, that means, you know, you're on the beach at 4 a.m. So, uh, or earlier. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget, so, you're north. You are north and you are more east than normal. <laughs> yeah, so not a lot of people, uh, sometimes a lot of people maybe don't want to get up that early. We do have regulations here. So we're allowed to fish two hours prior to sunrise and two hours past official sunset for striped bass. So I would say the majority of people I have will want to go out for uh, sort of uh, sundown fishing. So, like I said, and then I'll just, uh, you know, I, it, it's everything from getting out and, and getting the bait, um, getting the rods and reels getting ready. It's probably a three-hour setup time for me when I'm taking people out uh, to make sure I've got everything set because I provide everything. I'm, I'm providing all the, the, uh, the gear, the tackle, the bait. Uh, you know, I set up chairs, I have coolers, uh, you know, but I'm usually arrive about an hour before um, I'm taking anybody out and I, I get everything set up. And then uh, my website usually says about an, it's, well, an hour and a half, but uh, it's never an hour and a half. It's <laughs> as soon as we start fishing, it, that's it. It's, you know, I, I usually will stay as long as people want to stay or till the fishing slows down. Yeah. So, we so it, it's a lot of prep work to get ready for it. You know, and, and depending on where, where I'm taking them, but like I said, mostly on the beaches here, I, I have my go-to spots. I'll, uh, you know, and I know them now and after, you know, getting out there and fishing them myself. And I, I would say, like, for for your listeners, like, one of the big things I use, too, for for finding, like, maybe a spot that I'm not familiar with is Google Earth. Like, go on the satellite and you can, like, especially, you know, look, Look at the water. You can see structures and stuff in the water on Google Earth. I'm constantly using that for trying to find, you know, the optimal spots for fishing. Yeah. The technology we have nowadays is a great tool to use for fishing. Uh, you, I'd love it. Dangerous, too, because, you know, it's like, well, when was this picture taken and is that hole still there? That's yeah, I know. It's, especially with the ocean now. I mean, it, I, things change and changed dramatically now year to year. I mean, like we, we talked to earlier, we, we just had a hurricane go through here. So things have changed quite a bit. Yeah. That was going to so, be my next question to you there, which as soon as you mentioned that, I was going to say, how bad is the, uh, how much has the structure changed after the pull? Oh boy. We had huge storm surge. Uh, the beaches here changed. I live right at the mouth of, uh, I live in a community called Pictou Landing. Um, um, I live right at the mouth of Picto Harbor and I live right across from a beach and I can look across and see our beach. It's even changed since from three weeks ago. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of spots. Yeah. Some of my go-to spots have changed quite a bit. 
maybe they got better. Maybe, maybe that it'll just only be better. Well, yeah, you never know. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started talking about equipment here, and let's talk about that. So what is your preferred um, – this is a two-part question, so we'll start with one, and then we'll do the other. Uh, sure. What is your preferred rod size and type? So I'm targeting the striped bass here usually with bait. I'm either using mackerel or squid. So I'm using uh, uh, 10-foot uh, surf casting rods. So I'm using pen, spinfisher six, rod, reel combo. Um, I, I worked uh, the deal with Bass Pro, and they were able to help me out quite a bit. I, I put, got those combos. I just find with the spinfisher six rod, the, the pen spinfisher six, 6,500 series reel, I'm running 50-pound braid on that. So my go-to setup uh, for bait fishing is that rod reel combo. And I'm running um, a um, three-way swivel off that. So main line down to the three-way swivel. And what I do is I'll run mono once, uh, like I'll run, so I'm using a, a, you know, a weight depending on the tide and current, anywhere between a two ounce and a nine ounce weight. And I'll, I'll either use like what I call the puck weights or the, the pyramid weights. I find the, the puck weights don't hook up as bad as the pyramid weights, but if you're in sand, the pyramid weights are fine. And I'll run 30 pound mono off uh, the three-way swivel and um, down to the uh, the weight. And then off the other swivel, off the other circle on the swivel, I'll just run that down to uh, like an eight or nine aught uh, circle hook. So here, here in Nova Scotia, uh, there are regulations that we had to follow for equipment for uh, bait fishing for striped bass. Uh, one of the regulations, and now this is where it gets a little tricky here. If you do come here, you've really got to pay attention to the regulations. To fish tidal water in Nova Scotia, you do not need a license. So anybody can come here and fish tidal water. You're not required to have a license. Um, in the Gulf region where I am located, we are required to use barbless circle hooks for bait fishing. You can't use any other type of hook. It's got to be a barbless circle hook. The other part of the Nova Scotia, the sort of the eastern seaboard of Nova Scotia is what's called the maritime region. Their regulations are different. Um, they can use um, barbed hooks. They can use whatever hook they want, I guess. So that's, you know, it's, it's different for either side of the province here on the regulations. But that that's the, the go-to setup that I have for bait fishing. Uh, the other setup I have is I'm using a seven-foot uh, one-piece uh, pen um, fierce three rods with 4,000 series reel. Again, I'm running uh, braid on those. Those are a medium extra fast action rod. And uh, most of the time I'm using on those, well, what I use on those is uh, like a half ounce jig head with like a, a Mr. Twister curly tail grub, either white or pink, what doesn't matter to the color, the action of those things, the stripers just love them. And then those, when I do have younger kids coming, those are the rods I'll set up for bait. So I'm running 20, 20 pound braid on those and I'll set those up for bait. And it's easier for the kids to use those rods instead of the 10 foot Spinfisher six rods. They can get a little heavy, a little big for you know younger people or even 
some adults, uh, you know, have a little little hard time with them sometimes. But those are those are the two uh, the two setups I usually use for guiding. And this year I did start offering uh, fly fishing for striped bass. I picked up it's called a Reddington Coastal Cold Water Combo, and basically it's a nine foot nine wave rod, and it's all geared for salt water. I mean, I did not expect that. I th- I thought you were running 11s or 12s. That's pretty cool that you're running 10s and 10s and 7s. It- yeah. So now, yeah, the other the other thing too is like in Nova Scotia, we actually depending on the region. So we like I mentioned, we have the Gulf region where I am and then we have the Maritime region which is on the other side of the province. So the striped bass on on the Gulf region, they're a little different strain than what's on the other side of the province. So our fish are not getting as big as they are on the other side of the province. You know, I think uh, I had a young lady from New York this year landed a 30, 30 inch striper here, which is good size. But I have heard they, I, I, you know, they, I think they're getting bigger here. I have heard of fish plus, oh, you know, 35 inches plus being caught here. Now, in the maritime region, the fish, they spawn out of a, a, a river system on the other side of the province. And those fish are a bigger strain of striped bass. And we're talking 50, 50 pound fish potential. So much, much bigger fish than we have here. Yeah. They're monsters over there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. If you, if you, uh, if you do go on any any websites for Nova Scotia, check out the Stewiak or Shubenacadie River. The fishing there on the, the stripers there are, are are quite big, much bigger than what we have here in the uh, in the uh, in the Gulf region. Well, you already took care of the next part of that question with the real type, so we're already good there. We get to move on to the next one. Oh, okay. So with the uh, you you talked a little bit about it here using Google Earth and. Uh, with your current honey holes and kind of that well if you're walking around and you're kind of just trying to figure it out how do you select a spot to fish for me here and again this is you know things i've learned over the years being out targeting striped bass is um, i'm looking for areas sort of what i call as choke points for example here at the mouth of our harbor it narrows down to a very narrow point and then opens up into the uh the Northumberland Strait. So on the tide change, you're getting quite a flow of water through there. And my experience here with the striped bass is they they just love to sit off the edges of that fast water, right? And especially on the outgoing tide, and they'll sit off the edge there on on drop-offs and or structure. They're just waiting for that bait fish to get washed by. And so I I, I look for a lot of areas like that, a lot of areas where there are inland sort of bays or inlets that flow out into the ocean, either through harbor mouths or, you know, sometimes we get uh, sand dunes here that get breached with storms and stuff like that. And now you have a small outflow going out into the ocean. I, I mean, example this year is I, I went to an area with about a 45 minute drive from here, just looking for, again, I'm always looking for areas to take sports. I went to an area and I, I have a fishing kayak and I just explored this inner bay with, with the fishing kayak and, you know, spots that look good to me for, for striped bass. And sure enough, you know, I, I got into them right away. So 
it's something too that you know after years of being out on the out on the water doing that you start to get a feel for you can start to be able to read the water and get a feel for where you you know the potential is going to be that you can uh, get into the fish yep i can see that well this next yeah. question is a little bit different because uh, it's you've already hit the, quite a few of these things when it comes to the bat or the striped bass or the salmon here uh, normally i ask how you set your gear up you told us that when you're running a 10 footer and a seven footer how far out are these fish normally hitting here what i generally try to do is i'll try to fish them about an hour and a half on the incoming tide you can catch fish anytime anywhere any tide if you're lucky enough but you know if you want to optimize your chances of getting getting the fish for us here i find it's usually an hour and a half coming on the incoming tide and then if you can time that with the either sunrise or sunset usually in the dark dusk is the optimal time and and then they will feed at night as well and but um you know with with that uh the spin fisher six setup i have with the 50 pound i'm running 50 pound braid on there you know by the time i put a four or five ounce weight on there with a chunk of mackerel or or uh, or squid i mean you can cast that thing a mile but my experience you you know we don't we don't have to cast out that far i mean i've had I've had people catch stripe on a high tide. I've had people catching striped bass 10 feet off the beach. They're coming right in. So they'll force the bait fish right in the shore and feed. So sometimes you don't have to go that far off the beach to get them. Oh, man. That's that's glorious. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the... It's nice. Cause, yeah, it's nice. And then, like I said, here in the summer, it's, it's nice because our water's warm enough that, you know, you don't need waders. You can go in your, your beach shorts. If you have to wade out, you can wade out. It's the water's warm, but majority of the time when I take people, uh, we don't even have to go in the water. Um, if you can time it with the tides, so perfect. That mean that makes things a lot easier when you're out there. Well, you nailed yeah. you nailed the next two questions about kinds of bait you use and lures and uh, fish you target. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a bit. I'm sorry, of, I keep jumping ahead. No, it's perfect. I mean, it, it's flowed wonderfully. So I am not complaining, not even a little. Um, I am going to say you're going to be a little upset because I'm going to send you some questions that weren't on your list. So, but it, it works okay, with this no anyway. Problem. How I didn't put them on here, I I don't know. What got you into guiding? My career as a first responder, I was uh, I was an instructor in a lot. I was a firearms instructor. Um, I worked in our training department for years, so I really like getting out and instructing people and helping people, you know, and the, and the whole guiding thing was just, you know, it just fit. I'm able to take people, like I told you earlier, like probably 80% of the people I take are, are beginners. And there, there have been times where I'll spend the first half hour just showing them how to set gear up, how to tie, how to tie hooks on. You know, a lot of people, you know, don't know that how to how to bait a hook, how how the reel works, you know, uh, all the things like that. And those, are, you know, those are the things that I enjoy as a guide, is the the teaching points and the instructing. And don't get me wrong, I mean, catching fish too, if they can get into fish. But uh, but yeah, no, that's sort of what got me into the guiding. So I, you know, I hope you just want to continue with that. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially being an instructor before, so that works out really bad. Yeah, it's, it's weird how that works. Yeah, it? you start teaching and then it just kind of follows you forever. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, our, our, uh, the uh, Fish Nova Scotia here, they really support uh, the guides here in our province. And they do put on a lot of uh, really good seminars. We have a lot of weekend seminars we get to go to. Uh, I just really enjoy getting together with the other guides, going on these seminars, and just getting out there and guiding. It's, it's, it, it, it's a lot of fun. I can imagine. Especially with a especially with a team. Well, now that we've talked about yeah. what what comes with going on a trip with you. So if you if you uh, you want to book with Stripers of the Strait, I'm going to supply you with everything. I'm supplying with rods, reels, tackle, bait. Uh, I'll bring uh, chairs. I have sand spikes that I will to set up the rods. Even though I encourage people to hold rods rather than have them in the sand spikes. I just feel you get the little, you'll, you'll feel the take a little quicker. And I have had rods pulled right out of the sand spikes <laughs> into the water. So I encourage people to hold on to them. And like I said, I, I, I'll supply everything you need to get you out uh, fishing for striped bass for two or three hours. And like I said, I do have uh, fly fishing gear as well. So if now, with the fly fishing gear, I'm mostly I'm looking towards more experienced uh, people who obviously know how to fly fish because it's not something that, you know, I'm going to be able to take you in two or three hours and teach you how to fly fish and then have you fly fishing for striped bass. It's just, uh, you know, it, it would be fairly difficult. Yeah, it's not, so, not going to be a fun charter either because you're going to be no, a little no. frustrated. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be more learning how to try to figure out how to how to cast a, a big fly rod yeah so but like i said i have i have guided a few people this year for fly fishing and they were experienced fly fishers so you know it uh, it wasn't it was all basically all i had to do was supply the gear and take them to the spots that's perfect so, how is yeah. how is a charter day different than your normal fishing day uh well usually like i said the planning it's uh it's about a three-hour setup beforehand. I, I usually will go through all my gear, uh, you know, everything from, you know, I, I make sure I check my main line down to my leaders, check my leaders. Uh, I've got to go check all my gear, my hooks and everything, make sure they're barbless. Like, it's hard to, now I do find barbless hooks here to buy them, but a lot of times I don't. So, you know, you've got, they've got to be pinched down. So, you know, I've, I've got to really make sure that uh, the gear is, is set properly, you know, when people are coming out. So like I said, I'll, I'll usually pack up my car and uh, have everything ready to go. I head over usually about an hour, an hour and a half prior to the guests or the sports arriving. And I set everything up on the beach. I want everything set up on the beach. So when you arrive, everything's ready to go. So I'll give you a quick uh, one-two on how to use the rod and reels. If you're experienced in fishing, usually that doesn't take any time at all. Uh, even using, you know, if you're not experienced, using spinning gear is not that difficult. It doesn't take very long to figure out. That's it. We get you right into fishing, and hopefully we get some fish on. <laughs> all right, I'm ready to fly up. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the area that you service for your charters? I'm I'm a guide. I'm a licensed guide for the province of Nova Scotia. I guess I'll travel wherever. If you want to go, I'll, you know, I'll go. <laughs> um, our season does close here October 31st. 
However, in the, what I described earlier is the maritime region, which is uh, what's called the Bay of Fundy. If you want to look at the Bay of Fundy, it's highest tides in the world. And um, I will go there starting the beginning of November because the season there doesn't close. It stays open all year round. Now, it, when it starts getting too cold, the fish really shut off. <laughs> so that's the thing. But last year, I think I fished right up to the end of November um on the other side of the province since you've been doing this for a couple of years now what has been your favorite part of running charters you know what i think it's been the kids uh, the, the just the pure joy of the kids getting out like i had i had two young brothers uh last month had never fished before took the time and i showed them basic you know some basics on casting and stuff like that in half an hour, the the two of them are catching fish, so it's uh, I think that you know that's the that's the fun part. So I think that you know that's the the favorite part of it. I think right there is getting out with the kids. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I really like I said, everybody I've had out and has come fishing with me is uh, you know they've been super nice people, and uh, you know it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Really does. Perfect moment here. It is your second bait check of the episode. This bait check has been brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at all the things that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy garage. The Bruno rig. Maybe you've heard of it recently. I don't know. It only kind of caught a bunch of permit here recently on our little shores, and it held up wonderfully. It also helped us land somewhere, well, I don't know, about 50 Pompano that tournament. But we don't talk about Bruno. Need sinkers? He's got you covered. Sputnik sinkers all day. One of my favorite ones to use out here. Doesn't matter the current. I am using them. He's also got the he's got the Bruno rig. He's got the Mighty Palos rig. He's also got my other second favorite rig, the Mortician. Lots of great things there in the Sinker Guy Garage. Plenty of terminal tackle and lots of other equipment needed. Quick shipping and great customer service. So again, head on over to thesinkerguy.com. Get yourself set up for success. Now that we've talked about those with that part, let's talk a little bit of the business aspect. The, sure. the first one... That's only really two questions, actually. Uh, what have okay. been some very from valuable lessons learned after starting and running your charter? Well, I started this right at the beginning of COVID, <laughs> and ouch! <laughs> I I thought I was shut down right off the start, but uh, you know what? A lot of local people came out and supported me uh, that you know two years ago, right at the beginning of COVID. I guess that's a positive thing, but, um, you know, some of the things I've learned from the business side of it, the social media aspect of it, uh, I had to admit I'm not the strongest on social media. Uh, it's a big part of fishing now and being a guide, you know, if you're going to get into guiding or chartering, you know, it's, uh, you gotta be there with it. And I'm slowly learning. Luckily, uh, my wife's very good at it, and uh, she was able to set up my website. And shout out to my wife Linda, so she was able to set up my website and get me get me going, basically get my business going for me. I guess it's not a a, a a real business part of it, but one of the parts of it that would get to me was when I first started doing this was the stress of people not catching fish, <laughs> and. 
it's there. You'll, you're going to have days where you're not going to catch fish no matter what you do. And I've sort of now three years into this, I'm starting to realize, okay, I can't let that bother me because, um, you know, it's going to happen. And uh, that, that's one thing. If you're going to get into guiding, or you, you've got to sort of get beyond that because there's going to be times when you're not going to catch fish. You feel bad for your for your sport, your clients, and, you know, you really want them to get fish, but there are times it's just not going to happen. I've heard that from almost every guide. That one worry yeah. of like, oh, I got to get them on the fish. I got to get them on the fish. That is the killer yeah. of the, that, that hurts the heart. Yeah, it does. And like I said, you just, uh, um, after three years of this now, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sort of not worry about as much as I used to still. Sometimes you're like, man, come on, come on. And it's just, sometimes it's just, sometimes it doesn't happen. Like I said, it's up to them, not us. So it's up to the fish. (laughs) They make the choice if they're going to eat it or not. Well, how do people book a trip with you? Uh, There's several ways you can book a trip. If you come into Nova Scotia and you want a great place to stay is Picto Beach Lodge Resort. Um, They do offer a stay and fishing package. So you can, you can book it through them. Uh, you can look me up on my website and you can contact me through Sean at stripersandstraight.com or my phone number is listed there as well. You can text me or you can give me a call if you want. doesn't matter to me either way. Uh, like I said earlier too, if you're going to try to book a trip with me, I'm going to eventually want to reach out and talk to you by phone. And um, I just find it easier to plan, uh, plan the trips when we can talk because Sometimes with texting and autocorrect, uh, you may not get the right things across. Yep. So. Yeah, I really meant to say duck yeah. that time. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're coming up on the end here. We only got a few more questions, and they're sure. great, easy knowledge ones. So you're, you're going to have fun with this. Or how do you adjust tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? So uh, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, well, obviously I'll try different methods. If we're fishing bait, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll switch to, you know, the spinning gear and I will, and my, like I said, my go-to is a, is a half ounce jig head with a five, five inch uh, squirrel tail grub and just different. Uh, sometimes it, 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 it's even the rate of retrieve. If you can slow that retrieve down sometimes, you know, the stripers will hit it. Uh, sometimes you speed it up, they'll hit it. So it's just, uh, you, you've got to, for me, like I said, when I go to the beach, um, I've got a bunch of different setups all ready to go. So I'll, I'll try a, I'll try a bunch of different things. Same thing with uh, targeting with, uh, on the fly, uh, with a fly rod. Uh, sometimes it, 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 sometimes it's critical with the, with, with the, retri- if you're stripping line, it's the, it's the retrieval rate. Uh, sometimes you really, really have to slow it down. Sometimes I've gotten there and I'm, we're, we're stripping line and then just too fast and just slow it down a bit. And next thing you know, boom, you're into the fish. It's just little things like that. Yeah. You know, you got to learn and you, you figure out the other things too, are, you know, again, I'll have different areas where I go. Like some areas here, we're fishing just right off the beach. So we're, we're looking for tide uh, coming in and going straight out, basically. There's other areas, like I said, what I refer to is what I call choke points. So areas where they're going to narrow, where, you know, where the current's going to speed up. 
And I, you know, from my experience here, I, I find that the bass just love to sit off that fast water sometimes right on the edge of it. And uh, that seems to be, you know, if you can look for areas like that, you know, if the beach is not working, then you go to an area like that, give that a try. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Well, if yeah. you were to up and go to a very new place to try fishing, what would you do? Uh, how would it be different for you to go fish in a new place? What would you do? Again, I, um, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking at Google Earth. I'm going to be checking out where I am. Sit back and watch some of the locals. That's a good one. Sit sit back and watch where some of the local guys go because they know it. And, uh, you know, if you're going somewhere where you don't know, uh, sometimes it pays just to sit back and just watch, see where people are going, see where people are fishing. Uh, We have some spots here. I know with some of our local guys, it's their spot on the beach. (laughs) <laughs> they go there all the time and they catch fish all the time and they're you know they're there for a reason yeah <laughs> so it's, sometimes you, you just got to sit back and uh, and just watch you you deal with a lot of brand new anglers when you're getting charters you run yep. into that a lot with kids uh, if you right. could tell somebody a brand new angler one tip uh what would you give them for advice you know what don't don't be intimidated by it just you know just get out there and, you know, there's a lot of stuff on, on uh, YouTube now. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of stuff on social media. There's shows like your show. There's a lot of stuff out there where you can read and learn and figure things out. But sometimes you just got to go get some gear and get out there and give it a try. And you know what? When I first started fishing striped bass, I mean, I, I read about them. I researched them and stuff like that. But I went and bought, you know, probably didn't have the greatest rod in, in the world and probably not the best gear, but you know what? I caught fish. You don't, you don't need to run right out and get the best gear in the world and have $500 worth of tackle and stuff like that. Just, just get out there and get, get some gear and get out there and give it a try and just, just keep at it. You'll figure things out. The $500 rod and the $500 reel aren't going to really uh, make a difference in catching the fish as much as you might think. No, I mean, nice to have. Beautiful, wonderful. <laughs> oh, don't, yeah, they're great to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, the, these, these setups I have, I've, I chose Penn because Penn's a great name in saltwater uh, fishing and yeah. uh, the rods and reels I have are, I, I mean, I love them. They're, they're fairly decent setups and I wanted some decent gear for people to try and use. And the other thing is too, is, uh, you know, with, with the gear that I have, I know that it's going to last, it's going to, it's going to stand up to the saltwater environment, stuff like yeah. that. But again, you don't need to go right out and buy stuff like this to get into it. Uh, get out there, get some gear, give it a try. And then, you know, as you get your experience level increases, then you can start getting into the gear. What do you recommend to someone coming to your area to fish that has never been there before doing before they start fishing? I, I guess just learn a little bit about our area. Um, you know, it depends on where you're coming from. Uh, if you're coming from the U.S., I mean, you know, the first thing you're going to notice is it's going to be uh, a lot cheaper for you here because your dollar's <laughs> worth a lot more. <laughs> you you've got a 30% discount right off the stop, right off the start. So, 
you know, the other thing too is if, you, if you're going to come here, like I said, you're not required to have a license here to fish tidal water. You're not required to have a guide. Um, it does help, but you're not required. But the big thing is learn the regulations, read, read the regulations because they are different from different areas in the province here. They can get a little bit confusing sometimes. And, uh, you know, you got to know the regulations where you're fishing. So that would be one of the big things. Yeah, your your different regulations definitely had my attention when you started talking about that. I was like, all right, that that's something to be slightly worried about. So that that's good. Thank you for yeah. reminding people. Of yeah, that. and that's you know that's again that's where it pays if you you know if you want to you know especially I'm not you know obviously if you have a guide here in the province you know they're going to know the regulations or should know the regulations and you're going to be okay there. But if you're coming here on your own and you want you know you think you're going to throw a line in the water. Uh, you, like I said, you've got to read up on the regulations first and know know what they are. Makes sense. Well, this is the last question. You've made it through the gauntlet. Congratulations. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So the final question of the episode for you today is, what is next for you? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. And um, one of the things I do have sort of – what I'm looking at now is I, I do have a boat and I may get the boat geared up for, uh, for fishing charters possible. Uh, again, here in Canada, we have a lot of different, you know, a lot of regulations <laughs> that we have to, to go through for commercial fishing. But that, that is, that is one thing I think that maybe on the future in the future for me, just be able to get, you know, boat is going to allow me to access areas, uh, more areas quicker than what I can just fishing from shore. Sounds like a fun ad. <laughs> yeah. Well, lots of good stuff coming there. Well, seriously, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. You you really gave a lot of great knowledge, and you have a ton of great fish to target up there. You, you, definitely, yeah. you definitely have a good fishery, it sounds like, and the congratulations yeah, on we- doing that. Yeah, no, like I said, we do, we have an awesome fishery here in Nova Scotia. Um, like I said, we, we, we're Canada's ocean playground. We've got, uh, you know, I don't know how many species of ocean fish you can target and our sport fish here too, and our freshwater fish. So basically, you know, you can fish all year round here with ice fishing as well. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually become very popular. So. There's no bad time of the year to come here to fish. Oh, man. <laughs> just thinking about ice fishing, just that's cold. <laughs> oh, it's so cold, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, so thank you again, Sean, really. I'm glad you get, we were able to get on here. I'm glad we were able to talk, and thanks for sharing your knowledge. I appreciate it. All right, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. We'll be talking soon. Okay. See you now. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We just got done talking with Sean Townsend of Stripers of the Strait. And if you're not convinced to take a trip up to Nova Scotia, I don't know what more you need for uh, incentive because I want to go. That sounds amazing to even get a chance to fish up there like that. Atlantic salmon, yeah, that sounds pretty delicious. So, uh, again, you can take a look at Sean's website. It's stripersofthestrait.com. He's also on Facebook, Stripers of the Strait. You can find him on both of those there, and you can follow him all through that information. If you want to reach out to Sean, you can send him an email at sean 
S-E-A-N, at stripersofthestraight.com, and he will get back in touch with you. Thank you for sticking around here. Thanks for being a part of this show. You are the ones that make this constantly worth doing, and all the knowledge that you guys keep sending me and sharing with the community, it only is going to help somebody out there become a better angler. So thank you for all that you do. Keep sharing this out. Keep coming back and learning for more. we got a lot more to talk about and a lot more things to do throughout these episodes. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. We'll see you next week. I'm out of here. We'll be right back.